Hey, everybody, you are listening to the Talk Your Stash show. I am your host, Jenna Bewint, also known as on the internet as Gen Talks Tech. Welcome back. I'm a tech industry veteran currently working as a design systems manager, and I'm all about helping us transition into tech and get this tech money to make tech look more like us. In this show, I feature stories and conversations about what it really means for Black and brown women to be successful in their careers. I have conversations about all the things, tech, careers, strategies for success, the good, the bad, the glow up, the ugly, the traumatic, and how we heal and learn lessons along the way. I also like talking about luxury lifestyles, mindset hacking, skill building, and generational wealth, building generational wealth through tech. I want to change the narrative and share stories and experiences of Black women that are changing the trajectory of their lives and their families' lives using these tech coins to do it. Let's get into it and let's talk some sass, guys. So this is going to be another mini-sode. This is episode four from season two. And let's just get into it. So last week we found out that Adobe bought Figma for $50 billion. That's with a big B. That's with a capital B. The bags are real big, y'all. So Adobe is a big sugar daddy. It is a um, big tech software giant. As we know, they are behind such tools as Illustrator, Photoshop, and Lightroom. So they're an OG. And the creatives are worried about what it's going to mean for Figma and the future of Figma. Just a little backstory on Figma. Figma came out in 2016 and it's huge. It's pop. It's so popular. It's what all the kids are using, the cool kids. The peoples love Figma because it's easy to use. The UI is simple and it's streamlined. It's very collaborative. And most importantly, it's free 99. And although the CEO, Dylan Field, said that he is committed to staying to Figma still being Figma, and he says that Adobe is deeply committed to keeping Figma operating autonomously, the kids are not feeling it, okay? The streets, they are upset. People are in their fields, and they're saying that they want Figma to be Figma again. They're saying make Figma great again. I screenshotted, which I will include when I post on socials within this episode or about this episode. But on social, people were going crazy, dragging Figma, dragging Dylan Field, and dragging Adobe. The Adobe users, of course, were unbothered and they didn't care, but, and they were saying like, Adobe is the better of the tools, so whatever. But I would say the majority of the feedback, and especially on Twitter, of course, on Instagram, I don't know what happened on TikTok, but people were not feeling the decision ultimately. And they said, make Figma great again. Okay. So why are people mad? People are mad because they believe that this will bring down the quality of Figma. Of course, you know, Adobe is famous for keeping that subscription boot on people's necks. And they're going to put that subscription on y'all net, on y'all head. So please be prepared to pay for whatever the Figma XD. 
the little Figma XD is going to be. You will be paying for it, most likely. People are upset because they feel like Adobe is going to bloat the software and the platform and add a ton of features and it's going to make it slow and hard to use. They also feel like the simplicity of the UI is definitely going to change and it's not going to be as clean and just kind of like simple and streamlined as it is today. And I can't fault them because... mm, Adobe tools are not really known for the things that people love Figma for. So, yeah, I don't know. I use both. So currently at my at my company, we are using Figma, but I'm unbothered. Let me tell you guys why I'm unbothered. I've said this a bunch of times in the comments on both Twitter and on IG. But I wanted to talk to you guys about it here. And so let's have a conversation. I'm unbothered because I'm tool agnostic and I'm bullish on my skills and what I have in my toolkit to use. The different tools that I have in my toolkit and then knowing when to use said tools or when to apply said skills. And when I say my toolkit, what I mean is a different combination of like playbooks, frameworks, tools, templates, processes that I have stolen, borrowed and learned from personal experience, working experience, working for different companies, working in different situations. So for me, it doesn't matter what tool I'm using at a particular company. What matters to me is the level of influence and the level of impact that I have when I'm using whatever tool or whatever process. The tool is really just the avenue to get where I need to get, to get the outcome that I need to get to. And so when I say tool agnostic, what I mean is tool agnostic means that you consider the tool to just be a device to meet your objective or meet your goal. It means that you are non-committal to any set, any tool. And you're not really like taking a stance on, oh, I have to use this tool or I prefer that tool. So it's a situation shit with the tools, guys. And I just so happened to be watching Kevin Hart's show on Peacock, Heart to Heart. And in the Jay-Z interview, I was watching it earlier today and in the Jay-Z interview, Jay said that one quote, one highlight that it really applies to this situation. And it's crazy that at the time of recording, this is still relevant and on my mind. He said a strat, a key strategy or a key gem is just whatever works for whatever situation at the perfect time. And that's so true because if you put all your eggs in one basket in this industry and in tech, you're going to lose. So for example, if you only know how to use Figma and your next opportunity, your next best opportunity is calling for you to use XD or Sketch and you are not familiar with that, you've gone all in and you are hardcore on Figma chances are you're going to miss out on that next bag or that next opportunity. 
And so you really have to move with whatever is right for the situation and whatever is right for the time and whatever is right for whatever you're trying to achieve. So the keys are to just move accordingly and move agile. So listen, for me, for the next biggest bag, I'll use a piece of cardboard and a crayon to get it done, whatever it takes to get it done in the most efficient way, in the most effective way. That's what I'm about. So, you know, I know that a lot of designers especially are really, and this, and it doesn't only have to apply to designers because I see this with scrum masters. I see this with product managers. I see this with project managers. I see this in the development world, but people get hung up on what tool to use. And then you even see it in job descriptions. They will, you know, call for skills and only in, in these specific areas where like, if you have the skill set, you have the skill set to deliver. And I think that that's really dangerous and limiting to limit yourself to a particular tool to align yourself only with a specific tool because that really limits how far your thinking can go. You are limited to the scope of the tool. So here's what you need to do to not get stuck in tool land and be married to the tool, right? Use big picture thinking, focus on your outcomes and not these little small inputs, like focus on what is the outcome of what you're trying to achieve, the problem you're trying to solve or the strategy you need to use to solve it and not the input. Being adaptable is super key, I feel like in tech. And if you're married to a tool, you're definitely not being agile and adaptable and flexible in your approach. Making sure you're aligned to a strategy and a goal more so than you're aligned to a tool. And then you use that within whatever tools that you're using and making sure you know this is the major key and the biggest gem probably for this part of this podcast episode is making sure you understand who is going to be using the artifact or the document or the framework or the process that you're creating or the design that you're creating, who's going to be using it and what specifically they're going to be using for. So knowing your intended audience and your intended end use. So just because you're creating a wireframe, okay, like what are you creating that wireframe for? And then who are you creating it for? I think that would would determine your process and your strategy and your tool more so than you need to create it in said tool every every time, for example. So now that we went over some things that you need to do, I think what what's the point of all this? Like, why am I saying this? And if you don't take away anything else from this episode, Why is it important not to be married to the tool? Well, I really think that it kind of makes you stale. Like it kind of makes you not competitive in a very fast moving industry. So here's what I mean. So if you're a product manager and you only know how to build roadmaps in Jira, or you only know how to build roadmaps in Miro or Miro, then that kind of limits you in like free thought and independent thought and limits your innovation 
because your innovation, your thoughts, your ideas are only going to be limited or can only go as far as like what Jared can do or whatever that tool is instead of having your ideas, your free thinking, your innovation in your strategy and in your approach versus in your tool. I hope that is making sense and resonating with you guys. So to everyone in the tech community, especially my design base, who I know were in their feelings, when this announcement dropped, I want to encourage you to take a problem-solving approach first instead of a tool-focused approach. Take a tool-agnostic problem-solving approach meaning that you are more focused on problem statements and the problem you're trying to solve versus the tool you're trying to use to solve the problem. So that's it, tech friends. Sash Tribe, I want to hear from you. Let me know if you are still in your fields. Let me know how you felt about Adobe buying Figma. Let me know what's bothering you. What's up? How you feel about the acquisition? Tap in. Let me know. Are you too loyal or are you too agnostic when it comes to how you approach your work and why? Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this mini-sode. Peace. Thanks for tuning in and taking your time out to check out this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to know what you think about this episode, so please DM me, reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter at GenTalksTech. You can also email me questions about the show. Let me know what or which dope Black women in tech that you want to see guest host with me next. Email me at message at talkyoursass.com or you can text me at 202-978-4072. You can find this episode online at talkyoursass.buzzsprout.com. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and review. Refer your tech best friend or your favorite tech baddie. Head over there and read the full show notes. If you really want to see us win, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's Spotify, whether that is Google Podcasts, I don't know, but check it out. I love hearing from dope women like you. So I love reading y'all reviews, questions, and comments about the show. So if you have a minute, go ahead and do that and leave one for me. Again, thanks for listening to the Talk Your Sass show with Jenna Balint. Until next time, I am making room, taking up space, and of course, talking more sass.